the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, Wednesday, June 22nd. It's still heating up out there, right? I think it's going to be 100 degrees today in Louisville. Stay inside, get your air conditioner ready. We got, we got, we got baseball. We got baseball all day. We got a four-game afternoon slate. Uh, the two o'clock and four o'clock games, and then we got a nine-game MLB slate later tonight. Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how it helps us out. The YouTube algorithm and the the, the, the DFS gods help you out with the the thumbs ups. So give me those thumbs ups early here in the morning, first thing in the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Good morning, Dumb Montgomery beat out Suki Singh by by three minutes. Suki, you got to get here a little bit earlier. Boondada, haven't said, I don't know who you are, but good morning. Good morning to you, Daniel Hutchins, Nerdy Tenor here. Hopefully he has some sim results for me because of my little experiment that I'll be, uh, that I will be uh, talking about. That's what I've been talking about all week. Uh, Julian Wilson, good morning. Good morning, Grinders. Good morning. The experiment. What am I talking about? The experiment. Uh, I'm getting sick and tired of playing a million lineups in baseball. And uh, the, the, time, the time investment, even though it's not that much time, it's just it's a pain in the ass. So I've been focusing a lot on where can you find the edges? Isn't that isn't that the goal? That find the edges, make the money. Like that's that's what it is. Instead, now by default, there's edge in large field contests because there's a lot of bad players in the large field contest. Problem is realizing your expected value there is pretty pretty damn tough. I don't mind doing it, but if there's an easier way. If there's an easy way to make consistently more or at least as much money. Uh, and I I I've I've been talking about this for a long time about exploiting three mans, five mans, ten mans, uh, you know, small field GPPs under a hundred man type of stuff. So for the past two days, Monday I did it, Tuesday, yesterday I did it to, to much more success on uh especially in baseball in a high variant sport, just Staying away from the the common correlative lineups that are in those contests, especially when you probably can guess what those combinations are going to be. Okay, this is all based on you being able to do that. If you can't do that, then obviously you you don't know what players are correlated to each other in these contests. And I'm not talking about stacks. I'm talking about, well, if... People are playing O'Neal Cruz. They're probably playing Mike Trout or Byron Buxton in your lineup. They're probably playing Wilson Contreras at catcher. They're probably playing Sean Manaya at pitcher. Like, and there's going to be a lot of overlap of these types of lineups together. Now, in double ups in 50-50s, well, in 50-50s, definitely. Uh, double ups to some extent, to, to a lot, a major extent. Uh, there's no benefit in changing from that. Right. If you whatever the top median optimal is or one of the top median optimals in those contests over the long run is good. It, half the field doubles their money or gets one point eight X their money like this, there's no progressive payout pass there. But in triple ups in quadruple ups, if you're going to be different, right, this, this is a GPP concept. If you're going to be different, you if you're going to lower your projection, you got to lower your ownership. Right. Gain leverage. The reason why you do that is because as the payout structure goes up, you get paid more money. So you don't have to beat the other lineup. So like in a, in a, in a, in a head to head, if I'm playing, if, if my opponent's playing a lineup, let's say that's projected at 112 and I'm playing a lineup that's projected at 108, 
from a, from a meeting standpoint over the course of a million trials or whatever, uh, that my opponent's going to win like 51% of the time. Right. But you only, but, and you, and in head to head, you just get the other person's money. So like, you don't want to be a 49%. You don't want to be an underdog in that spot. But what happens if it's for 51, 49, but you get paid double, right? You get three extra money. Well, then it's worthwhile. How often do you have to beat your opponent? If you're going to get paid twice the amount of money, well, 33% of the time, right? To break even. So in a three man, Obviously, once you add on the rake, now now that raises to like 36% or so. Like, how often do you have to win against two other players if they were playing completely unique lineups? Well, yeah, about 36% of the time. But if you could predict the combinations, if your other two opponents are playing 2v2s and 3v3s, and you're playing a 6v6 or a 7v7, you're dropping your projection two or three points. Do you win more than 36% of the time to make up for it? And is it because that the, your other two opponents or your other four opponents are sharing so many players together that when one of them goes down, they all go down, right? Because they're all correlated to each other. So that's the experiment. Now, I can see you can, you can simulate this out. I can rudimentarily, rudimentarily, Simulate this out, but I, I don't I don't even trust what I'm doing to simulate that out. People in the YouTube chat, I, I'm, I'm waiting for, for nerdy tenor. It's really all about correlation between lineups in your contest. Everyone talks about duplication, but that's really just a special case of correlation. That is 100% correlation. That's correct. Absolutely. That's what I was talking about yesterday. Because we all know, it's already proven. We all know, right? Well, I like teaching in extremes. So if you're playing a contest and you completely dupe with another player in a progressive payout structure contest, which a triple a triple up even is, it's not half the field, or, or a 10-man that top three pay, 50%, 30%, 20%, that still is a GPP. That still is a progressive payout contest. So if you dupe completely, if you and someone else have the same exact lineup, that, that, that totally destroys your equity. Not totally, but... It lowers your expected value. You're now negative EV. And all the equity that you're losing is going to your opponents. And that's if you're duplicating your entire lineup. Well, it ha- it must be true that equity must be uh, released. If let's say you and another player has a, have a 1v1. You got, you got the same exact line, lineup, but one person has Buxton and one person has Acuna. Well, the same applies. It can't just be, well, now, nope, nope. That's considered a, quote, unique lineup. And uh, everyone has the same equity. Like, as long as everyone's within a a certain, like, a one-point projection of each other, they all have about equal shot of winning. That isn't true. Because if one was duplicated completely, you'd be like, well, that person's an idiot. Well, how come let a little bit less of an idiot if it's a 1v1 or a 2v2? So how is that exploitable? If you could predict those lineups and they're going to be building duplicated styles of lineups, all you have to do is make sure you're as little duplicated as possible with all the other lineups in the contest. As long as you still have a high enough projection, what that line is, how low you can go, I don't know, right? That That's what I'm experimenting with. On Monday, I didn't get as, as different as I could on DraftKings. I, I actually... 
I was like a 3v3 off of a lot of popular lineups. And uh, although I didn't get there, it wasn't result-based that I was worried about. I didn't care about the results. It's just like, oh, I'm not different enough. So how different do I have to be? So yesterday, and we showed on the show yesterday, uh, I was going to be very different. So like on DraftKings yesterday, I mean, even someone, let me let me go to my lineup, which I, I got killed with Ota- not having Otani. It did fine for me on, on FanDuel. So I, I did great on FanDuel. Just that uh, DraftKings, I, I I broke even. Because uh, I still want, I still won plenty of three-mans. Plenty. I'm playing tons of three-mans, five-mans, ten-mans. I'm playing tons of them. All the triple-ups. Like, I'm trying to, vo- basically, I'm avoiding, like, I'm playing some head-to-heads, but I'm using it more like a matrix. So I'm playing like 30 head-to-heads. And it's like, I know the people that play in the head-to-head lobby are playing very similar lineups that I could predict. So as a whole... I think I have an advantage over the entire head-to-head lobby, but maybe not individually. So if you take a look at my lineup, someone someone DM'd me yesterday and uh, and asked me if my lineup was a mistake. Like if like they they saw me in and and I typically don't play MLB Cash really, but they saw me in MLB Cash and they're like, "Dude, did you did did you make a mistake?" Like like. They wanted to know what what was going. On. They didn't. We wouldn't wouldn't have expected this lineup out of me, because they see. Look, look. I mean, yes, I have a seventy seven percent on Manaya. I have a thirty percent on Sal Perez. I have a twenty one percent Soto. But I have like all single digit own guys, and a double and in and a, and a triple up. This is with what sixty two entries. I just wanted to show you the largest type of contest, like a triple up, not a GPP. And looking, I mean, I did I did I did well. Of course, Otani. Atani was 33% owned and put up God knows 43 points. So that killed me at, at, on DraftKings from profiting. I still won. I still won on DraftKings, right? Not much. Uh, but of course, it, it helped me on, uh, on, on, on FanDuel. FanDuel, I crushed. Uh, so if you look here, it's like if I go to, for instance, like BK Reader. Like I, if, if you're in the cash lobby, you, you know who, the, who the, the, the players that play like everything. So BK Reader. Take a look at the ownership in this lineup. 77%. Okay, we got Manaya there. 41% Cortez. Okay, I had Strider, which was 35%. Right? The, the pitchers, I'm less likely to just, you know, oh, I'm going to play a 1% on pitcher. It's like the projection goes down too much. But you take a look. Devers, 50% Devers. 75% O'Neill Cruz. 45% Trout. 48% Jack Sawinski. I mean, other than the fact of a 33% Otani putting up 43 points, and of course he had Walsh in his lineup at 21%. Like outside of Otani, all these, look look at how much overlap is there between Devers, Cruz, Trout, Sawinski lineups. Right, we go to John Iver, right? He's, he's the exact same line. I mean, look, literally duplicated. Right, literally the same exact lineup. Go to Utikau, a little bit different, but still Devers, Cruz, Trout, Sawinski. But he had Otani in the lineup. He also had Ronzi Contreras over here. We go down a little bit further. We go to keep calm and tilt on. Right? Still, look, I mean, no one in single digits, but look, Cruz, Buxton at 37%, and Sawinski. Still Volga back 22, Contreras 21, Ramirez was 19. We go down, like Davis K over here. Devers, Cruz, Buxton, Sawinski. Vogelback, 22. We go down a little bit further. 
Fire Dog 50, Devers, Cruz, Trout, Sawinski. I mean, like, Perez. There's another Walsh, 21% Walsh. Go down a little bit further, AJML 45. Take a look at here. Cruz, Trout, Sawinski, Buxton. Vogelback, Contreras, Ramirez. I mean, like, look at these combinations. Chip my money, right? A little bit different, but still, look. Devers, Cruz, Trout, Buxton, Sawinski, Perez. Donovan at 22%. BRK Nets, 33. Look look at how many lineups have similar combinations. So it's not only that, like, if if Sawinski, if Buxton does badly and Sawinski does not enough, like they're all in the same lineups. So they're all moving. Like you have out of these 62 lineups, you have like 30, 40 of them, maybe more, 45 of them, like moving very similarly to each other. They've, they, they may not have the whole combination, but very similar combinations to each other, as opposed to my lineup, which is not even not even on that track whatsoever. Right, go back to my lineup. My lineup looks like nutso compared to those lineups. Like those, and those are good cash players. Now, cash players, as far as head to heads and double ups, okay, where you just get two extra money. I'm going to get three x my money if I beat that those combinations or quintuple ups, five x, ten x. Right, now those are the contests. I'm not playing fifty fifties. I'm not playing those contests. I'm playing contests where. Because my projection is a little bit lower, that when I when I when I I'm, I'm basically getting leverage. So if if I'm going to lower my ownership, if I'm lowering my projection, I need to up my payout. Now in GPPs you can't do that, right? In GPPs you can't just say, "Well, I'm playing. I want to pay get paid more." It's it's fixed. But essentially, if I'm going to play a lineup like this, I shouldn't be playing in double ups. I should be playing in quintuple ups and triple ups and stuff like that. It's not a correlated. I mean, it's not a stacked lineup. But it's like this lineup that I played, it looks weird. If you played on DraftKings yesterday, it looks weird. If you played cash games. But this lineup only projected three and a half points lower than like the bad optimal around the industry aggregate optimals. Three and a half points. That's it. But for three and a half points, look, I mean, I'm I'm other than Sal Perez and Soto, it's like I am compl- and Manaya, obviously. I'm like complete, like I'm completely off. Those combinations, like completely. So, like when Bias has a good game, like dude, I I skyrocket to the top, right? When Story hits that home run at nine percent, right? Carroll off four percent on Carroll. I mean, I'm rocketing to, to to the top now. Do I have to get this different though? I'm not sure. I was three and a half points lower in projection. Maybe I could only be two and a half points. Maybe it wouldn't mind it. Maybe instead of having Bader here, I had Sawinski. Because Bader was 2,200 and Sawinski was 2,200. So I could have had Sawinski here. Would, would that have been enough? It probably would have been enough, but what what would be the highest EV? I don't know. I just, I just went by the assumption, I want to just stay away from the combinations completely. As much, I want to be as not as correlated as possible, as long as I'm not dropping too much in projection. So that's what I did on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, I did the same thing. This is the lineup I played in, quote, cash. It's not really cash games. I'm playing three-mans, five-mans, ten-mans. 
small, like, you know, that they, they'll, they'll release like a, a, a 27 man, $25 grand slam or something, some little GPP. I'm playing this type of lineup in that. Now, I still had Otani in this lineup because if I removed Otani on FanDuel, the projection dropped too much. So I kept him. So like, I was like, okay, Otani is going to be popular, right? He's going to, it's going to be in these combinations that I'm looking at. But I'm dropping too much projection. Same thing for Manaya. Yeah, Manaya is going to be 56% owned. And I'm, I'm looking at a quintuple up. So this is a the big $5 quintuple up top 16 win. But if we take a look here, take a look at lineups that are even like tied with each other. So these are popular combination types of lineups. So we take a look here. O'Neill Cruz, 47%. Buxton, 45%. Acuna, 23%. Right? You take a look at this lineup. Like, why do what I didn't have? I X'd out Cruz, X'd out Buxton. I think I may have X'd out Acuna. Like the difference in projection between these these two lineups was like a point. Like that's it. Just a point. But look how how different. I have Baez. I have Manaya, obviously. Baez and Ward and, and Otani. And that's it. And everything else is different. Then we go down to Let's go to the next. Here's a big tie, 197.90, right, with BK Reader. So this is this is like a like an aggregated optimal type of lineup. So this is in one, two, three, four, there's six lineups in a what, a hundred and something person, 90 person contest. In a in a in a in a quintuple up. Got it. They got there. But let's take a look at this. Buxton, Kepler, Acuna. See, not as not as high owned as because Fanduel's a little bit softer. But still, getting off of the getting off of the Buxton combinations, getting off of the Acuna combinations because he's expensive. There's only so many combinations. Ending up playing Olsen over Guerrero that helped. But this is my experiment. This is what I'm. This is what I'm trying to do. But it, playing. Playing three mans, five mans, triple ups, quintuple ups. This is not what you should be doing in head to heads and double ups. So if you're playing, if you're going, oh, this is how I build my cash lineup now. I'm going to play a ton of do whatever. Like that. That's this is the type of thing where you're only you should only expect to win once every three to five days. You should win three mans every three days or so, five mans every five days or so. So this is not the oh every day as long as I'm fifty one percent. That that's not that's not this. But on FanDuel, on, on this lineup, 230, I mean, I I pretty much swept all of my three-mans, all of my five-mans. I think it came in two at second out of 10 and some 10-mans, in, in let's first out of 10. So basically, I, I played $635 or something. Six, uh, it should be on the screen. Right? I'm transparent. I show it. I mean, I essentially tripled my money. Right, 685 entry fees. 1823.51. So essentially pretty much tripled my money. DraftKings, I made like 20 bucks, right? Because of Otani, right? Because I, I did fine on Vandal for Otani, but not having Otani here. Right, yeah. That kind of killed me. Right. Because he was 33% owned and put up 43 points on DraftKings. But still, still profited. Looking through the YouTube chat. Doug Montgomery asked, uh, why didn't you only play one entry in the 100-man on FanDuel? 
when three increased winning percentage versus money spent getting. No, I don't want to play three of the same lineup. Dude, then I'm duplicating myself. I'm playing the 100-man top 12 and playing one lineup into it and doing something like this. Daniel Hutchins says, I mean to push the idea further. Imagine lineups that are 1v1 where two different players are 99% correlated, right? I love the extreme teaching mechanisms. They are different lineups, but effectively it's the same as a dude. It's a question of degree. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I was saying before. Ryan Simpson asks, what would you suggest for someone who is entering 150 lineups in a GPP on DraftKings? I would, I would, uh, I would agree with Daniel Hutchins. Start smaller than 150. If if you're asking that question, you probably should be starting with not 150 lineups. <laughs> Build one good lineup, then two good lineups, then three good lineups, then five, then ten, then twenty. It took me it took me two years to get up to building 150 good lineups, and even then you screw up a lot. So yeah, when in 2017, 2018. I, I was I, I won NBA GPPs, MLB GPPs, NFL GPPs, building twenty to forty lineups. I was building ten lineups by hand, fifteen lineups by hand. Then then you get a sense of oh, these are the lineups that I want to make. How do I get the builder to do it for me? That's how you should be thinking in terms of a, of an optimizer, of a lineup builder, like lineup HQ, not. I don't know what to do. Let it tell me what to do. No. Visualize the lineups that you, you want to build and go, well, how do I get those out of here? You're doing it for efficiency purposes. You're not doing, oh, okay, what settings do you know? It's like having a drill, right? You have a drill that has a whole bunch of settings. It's like, okay, well, make me, make me, make me a bookshelf. Like it, it that doesn't work that way. What settings do you use to make a book? Now, well, those are the settings that you need. But if, if, if you're telling me, I don't even know what we're making. Well, then how, how are you supposed to know how to use the tools? Devin's in the chat saying, it's taken me five to seven years of doing this to get to the point where I'm comfortable putting my 20 into 150 to one. Right. Maybe it shouldn't take five to seven years if you're doing it seriously, but yeah, it takes a while. Sharpshooter GX, follow-up question or a half of a follow-up question. Is that one out of two follow-up questions or a half a follow-up question? I don't know. So the discussion about the 121 being one of the softest fields. Thoughts on the four-seamer or the $25 single entry or the $20 three maxes? Well, understand, okay? You can answer your own question, okay? What, without, 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 without berating you. Why is the $121 the softest field? Okay. Because your question is, is just taking it as because I'm because I said so. So you're not understanding the concepts. Once you understand the concepts, you can answer all the you can you can run you can do this show for me. Right? It's not complicated. Okay. The 121 is one of the softest fields because there are a lot of lineups in there that people play too chalky. They, it's high stakes players throwing in their, their cash lineups. It's, it's uh, people playing the chalkiest stack. It's people, it's people just playing way too conservatively, just throwing something in there, which creates so much ownership condensement on, on a lot of the top end of the ownership spectrum that finding leverage 
while not sacrificing much projection, is very easy. Right? If I could tell you that there's a lineup, 110, 110-point projection that's going to be owned at $7 trillion, and there's one at 109, we're only one point lower, that's going to be owned at 40. Like, that's an extreme, that's an extreme way of explaining that. So you do not have to drop much in projection to get a significant ownership drop. And those are those, that's the holy grail of contests you'd want to play. Right? When you could build, you could, I could build a lineup on the 121 that has like all single digit owned players. I have a single digit owned stack. I think I played a national stack yesterday in the 121. You can play single digit owned players and moderately 10 to 15% on one-offs or something like that. And the two chalkiest pitchers. And you look at your lineup and compared to all the other lineups in the contest, your, 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 your total ownership is like half. And your projection difference is like a point, a point and a half. I mean, like not that much. It's really not that the fact that I could drop all of that ownership and only sacrifice a point or two in projection is, is ludicrous. Right. And the, so makes it the softest contest and you could fly and the, and also you could find a lot of lineups that are like that. It's not just, oh, well, there's one lineup. No, you could, you could, there's tons of plus EV lineups that you could play in that contest because of how your opponents are playing. They're entering either cash lineups, way too chalky lineups, playing uh, 40% on one-offs. Like it's just, it's just a lot of that, which means it's, like I said, easier for you to find leverage. Easier for you to drop your ownership significantly while not dropping your projection that significantly. So take that and move it on to the $25 single entry. Any small, smaller field single entry contest will have that dynamic to some extent. How much of an extent is a different story. Obviously, the larger the contest gets, like the more leverage that you probably want. So like, I can understand in, a, in the $12 single entry with 2,000 entries, people aren't going to just throw their, there are plenty of people that still do throw their cash lineup in, but people look and go, oh, it's a 2,000 entry contest. Maybe I'm going to get a little bit off the board. So the ownership doesn't condense as much. It still does, but not to the extent that it does in the real, in the much smaller field. The 121 has like 600 entries or 500, something like that. So it's not just the fact that it's a single entry. It's also the, the size of the contest. You tell me the 121 is 10,000 entries, then there are going to be your opponents are more likely to go, well, I can't just play my cash lineup. It's 10,000 entries, right? I can't just play the chalkiest stack and the chalkiest one off. I still have to beat 9,999 other people. But people look at that, that, that 121 and have it 400 to 600 people and go, yeah, I'm just going to pretty much, uh, yeah, I'm going to play a five man stack. I'm going to play and, and then. That they're a high projected lineup, but it's just that they're they're duplicated, right? They're two v twos off of a lot of other lineups. So that's what I what that's why Daniel and Jack would say that that contest is the softest. Daniel Hodges also said I wrote out a tool to sim out your EV with some assumptions. Oh, you did. Can you give me the tool? I don't know. Sharpshooter GX, so I should compare ownership between the 121 and the other contest to see if it's similar chalk or correlated lineups. Yes, that 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 would be an excellent idea. Compare that. You you will still see ownership condense, but to what extent? 
right? We could go in results DB. And like I brought up like uh, the, tw- the, the $12 single entry. So you see here, O'Neill Cruz is like 43. Devers, 29. Buxton, 23. But if we move to like, like you mentioned the four-seamer, but that's a large field contest, right? O'Neill Cruz, still 30%. Devers, 22. Buxton, 19. You get a little bit more. So once he's only 14 here, that's a little bit more spread out. We go to, uh, let's see, like the relay throw, the $15 large field. O'Neill Cruz is only 25%, so he goes down. Buxton, 16. I mean, you'll still see the same people. Just is it going to be as condensed as like the Mega 8s, which is a 500-entry contest? Well, also you have more skillful players. So O'Neill Cruz came in lower because I think sharper players will be like, why am I playing a 2K one-off that's going to be popular? But you still see Buxton, 21. Devers, 20. Right? Trout, 15. Sawinski, 15. We go to that $12 chin music. It's actually the worst, right? Look how much more Buxton and Trout are here. Sawinski's about the same. O'Neill Cruz is ridiculous. So we can see here, the lower the stakes go, on average, single entry, smaller field, lower stakes, People tend to, people tend to go, well, uh, they're the best, they're the best play and they play the quote best plays too much. This is the main reason why I don't, I don't deal in the, in the world of best plays. Because if you're playing on a 13 game slate, a 43% owned O'Neill Cruz, why? Like why? And maybe, yeah, in a pirate stack. Yes. Okay. Yes. I get it. But Why? It's not like he was projected for 14 points median, right? I mean, he, you could have, you could, once I took Cruz out of my lineup when I was going through the process of picking a lineup, it only eliminated like a half a point of projection. So it's like, so yes, I think, I think getting rid of all this ownership for a half a point of projection is worth it. I think so. Uh, so Daniel Hutchins says he could run Sims for contests we were both in. Well, the one the, the problem with the one twenty one is I play a different lineup in the one twenty one. I play a I play essentially what I'm doing. Just I just make it a five man stack. So it just turned out when I xed out all the players that I xed out, the five man stack that came up first was uh, on DraftKings was a, was a national stack. But that's not that's truthfully that's not what I'm even looking to simulate. I'm looking to simulate more of those the triple ups and the three mans. And the five mans, like those types of contests, like against against uh, two opponents or four opponents that all are, have some version of a two v two or a three v three. Not all of them having the same lineup, but for instance, in a five man, paying out first and second, or even just winner take all. I don't care. You could simulate that winner take all. Like let's say a, it's a five man winner take all. You don't even have to even account for the rake even. doesn't matter to me. And let's say two, to every, all my opponents, my four opponents are, are 2v2 from each other. None of them have the same lineup, but they all have 2v2s of similar players. So like lineup one, lineup two are 2v2. Lineup two and lineup three are a different 2v2. And lineup three and lineup four are different. So it's like, between each other, they may be maybe a 3v3 between each other, 
but there are two v two, like kind of. You get what I'm talking about. And then my lineup, which projects for like two or three points lower, has like none of the all the players that they share. I I have zero of. Like anyone that that is only one in their lineup, maybe I could have. But as long as two of my opponents have that player, I can't have that player. Like I, that that's my goal, essentially. So my lineup could easily just be an 8v8 off of everyone. And then how often, what's the project? Like, obviously, you'd have to run players through it. But for every for every point in projection, meaning-wise, let's just go by a normal distribution, even though it's that's really not the case you should do it. How often do I win? Right? How, how, what, what, not even how often do I win? Like, what's my, what's my ROI? on that. What are their ROIs? Because I'm assuming their results are going to be more correlated with each other, right? If if a lot of those players in those 2v2s do well, they'll all be, they'll, they'll be at 130 points competing for first between themselves. One will have 130, one will have 128, one will have 122, and in my, my lineup would be like 67. It'd be like fucking horrible, right? Or it'll be the opposite, where you know, some of the, a lot of their two v twos are not doing well, and I have like you know a couple of my players do decently, and I'm up there in one thirty land, and then they're down all trying to compete for second place, right? Or if there is no second place, who cares? Winner take all, doesn't matter. It's like so what? So what is the projection? To, can I go down seven points in projection and still be profitable? Can I go down ten points in projection? And this is assuming that there's a two v two between all of those lineups. Will that be the case every day? No, of course not. But that that that's the experiment I'm looking I'm looking to make. So Daniel says it'll DM, DM me later. So for instance, let go through the experiment. This this here's an explanation. Here's a here's a here's, I'll show you. If we were, I mean, obviously, this is what eleven thirty in the morning. That we don't have starting lineups. We don't have projections. I mean, like that based on these on these base. Projections. So we're going to go we're going to the plate IQ projections. Let's just say, let's just say I know in a three man, let's just, we're playing a three man. I'm playing a person that is using the, the Roto Grinders plate IQ projections. And I know they're more likely to use one of the, the optimal lineups. Okay. Something close, something close to just to give me the bet, the best median projected lineup. Okay. So obviously I could just click and get that exact lineup, right? So Rodon, Otani, this is DraftKings. Sanchez, Mountcastle, Story, Nevin, Cruz, Hap, Mancini, Trout, okay? But maybe they don't necessarily play the top one because maybe one of these guys is only in the top one and not in the top 10. So I'm just going to build 10 lineups. So what are the 10 optimals for the plate IQ projections? To see who's in the all, like all, okay, we get Mancini, Cruz, Story, Otani, Rodon at pitcher, Trout in nine out of ten, Mountcastle in seven out of ten, right? But like, like, where's uh, where's Gary Sanchez? Three. So like, Gary Sanchez isn't like a a key piece, even though he's in the top lineup. Okay, so now I'm going to go to the. I know my other opponent in the three man is use is, is going to play the bat bat optimal, works close to it. Okay, which is this Kirby Otani, Contreras, Tellis, Story, Wisdom, Baez, Morel, Hap, Trout. Obviously, a lot of Cubs. As of now, obviously, if you're listening to this later, this is the 11:02 in the morning projections with no starting lineups. Because the 
It may be close to this, but it's probably going to change. Start batting orders change, people in, people out, who knows? Okay, so I'm going to run 10 of those, right? Because that's my other opponent. Okay? So now I'm going to look. I'm just like, what, what combined? Let's say I were to use, like, what am I using now? Well, how about I just use the, the, the aggregate of those? It's like, I don't even have to, like, I'm just going to say, should I use the bat? Should I use the plate IQ projections? I'm going to use a combination of both. I'm just going to aggregate both of them together. For my, for my projections. Right, so I'm going to create this aggregate, which you can do in lineup HQ. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member, right, you get this. A lot of people are like, oh, I well, how do you, you could download, you could, I could upload five other sets of projections and aggregate them in different weights up for ownership and fantasy points. And you could do that inside of lineup HQ. And let me tell you, this is so much more easy. This is so much easier than doing it in Excel. Unless you, unless you're, unless you love Excel. Like maybe some people do it make way, way quicker in Excel. I, it took me, it always takes me a minute, like 60 seconds to do an Excel. Here it takes me, it's like, I don't even have to deal with anything. This was uploaded and I can do it all in here. It's one of the, it was one of the best upgrades last year that we made. So here, so I'm going to use the aggregate to determine what lineup to play against them. Okay. So if I just aggregate them together, right. I'm going to get this lineup, Kirby, Otani. So should I play this lineup? Okay. Well, let's take a look at, is there anyone that they share completely? So Otani as a pitcher, Otani. Okay. So now I'm going to look at this, 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 uh, this number, 113.58. If I get rid of Otani, how much does my projection go down? Yeah, a lot. 110.18. So it's like three and a half points just by not having Otani. So maybe I should I should keep Otani, right? Because once I get rid of Otani, then then I'm I'm done. That's too many too many points to give up. Okay. So who else is here? We still have O'Neill Cruz. Is O'Neill Cruz in here anywhere? No, but he's going to be in one of my opponent's lineups. Patrick Wisdom. We got some Cubs in here. Cubs in the first lineup. Let's see. Ortega Hap. Okay, Haps. Haps in four out of ten here. And Hap is in everything here. So I'm getting rid of Hap. So 113.58. If I get rid of Hap now, 112.79. So not that, that less than a point. I'm fine with less than a point. Okay. So now I'm getting Trout, Mancini, Ortega. So I'm getting Ortega and I've got one Ortega here. Contreras in 10. How many Contreras is in this lineup? You're getting one. Okay, so let's get rid of Contreras and see. Okay, well, 112.79. If I X out Contreras, it now goes down to 111.43. Is that more than a point? Yeah, a little bit more than a point. So maybe we leave that in for now. Okay. And we take a look at some more. Kirby, Wisdom, Story, Acuna, Trout. Five trouts. How many trouts in here? Nine. Okay, so let's get rid of trout. Let's see. 112.79. 112.04. Okay, less than a point. I'm fine with this now. Okay. Keep on going. 112.04. So Kirby. So this is going to have Otani and Rodon in it. This one's going to have 
Kirby in it. So let's see if I get rid of Kirby. 112.04 turns into 111.99. Let's say I get rid of, let's let's say I get rid of Rodon in this lineup. 111.99 turns into 111.84. Okay, we can get rid of two pitchers and not drop that much ownership. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. 111.84. Okay. We still got O'Neill Cruz, Reynolds, but we got Buxton. Right? This lineup's most likely going to have Mancini, O'Neill Cruz, Trevor Story. Let's see. How many of how many of these? Trevor Story, eight. Okay, so we're going to try to get rid of him. Do we have any? We got Buxton and one down here. Okay. So we got 111.84. Getting rid of story, how far do we drop? A little bit more than a point, 110.70. So let's put him back for now. I don't mind giving up a point, but let's see. Let's see what other what other players can we get rid of that are part of other people's lineups. So let's try Mancini. 111.84, get rid of Mancini. 111.16. Okay, I'm fine with that. Less than a point. I'm good. Okay. We don't even have O'Neill Cruz in this lineup, so we don't even have to worry about that. All right, so O'Neill Cruz is probably not even going to be an issue. We're getting Contreras, Mountcastle is in seven out of ten. We got Ward. Okay, he's less likely. Story's the most likely to be duped. And Otani, which we can't get rid of due to projection. Brian Reynolds, Ortega is in four. Ortega, let's see if we get rid of Ortega. One here. Let's how much, how many points do we give get get rid of if we get rid of Ortega? 111.16 becomes 110.80. We get Sawinski back in here. Okay, that isn't that isn't horrible. Can we can we get rid of Contreras? Let me let me put back Ortega. Let's try Contreras again. Can we drop Contreras and, and do better? 18 110.8 109.54 so still more than a point which we can do but I'd rather I'd rather not drop a full point just on one player right so maybe this is the lineup maybe we just end up with this right comparing the two I don't even have to worry about O'Neill Cruz right he's in 10 out of these but he's not even in this lineup Right, so Montgomery, Otani, Contreras, Mountcastle, Story, Ramirez. Can maybe we get, can we get rid of Mountcastle? He's in seven of these. Let's see what happens. One eleven point one six becomes one ten point eight two. That isn't bad, but it has it has Cruz in there. So let's get rid of Cruz as well. One ten point four three. Okay, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad either. So maybe we do this. If we put Mountcastle back over there. We could probably still do this lineup also. So yeah, you'd have to make a decision on on Mountcastle, I guess. But this isn't that bad, right? Montgomery, Otani, Contreras, Mountcastle, Story, Ramirez, Baez, Ortega, Ward, Reynolds. Okay. So let's let's put this lineup in. I'm going to save this lineup. And now, if my opponents, for instance, built like the optimal of the plate IQ projections, let's just say, I'm going to save that top lineup. I'm going to save the top bat optimal lineup, right? And then let's take a look at them, okay? So essentially, based on the aggregate, 
my my projection is about well this is not calculated based on i would have to refresh can i refresh the save lineups yeah there we go refresh the save lineups 111.01 versus 110.16 111.16 so they're not far off from each other but who is in all three lineups story otani right, those are the only two that 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 overlap and then i have a mount i have one mount castle overlap Hap is overlap between my two opponents' lineups. Trout is overlap in two of my opponents' lineups. I have one overlap with with Contreras. I think I have one overlap with Baez. But everyone else is is different. So my opponents together, I have the least correlative lineup compared to both of my opponents while still maintaining a projection that is close enough to theirs. So in a three-man, like, so for instance, in a three-man or a five-man, if I were to play against both of these lineups, would I be would I be profitable because of their overlap? Of Story, Otani, Baez, Contreras, Trout, Hap, Mountcastle. Well, I have Mountcastle. And you could put in other projection sources and do the same thing. Maybe a lot of people are playing the bad optimal more than the played IQ optimal. You weigh that accordingly. Right, so if like, oh, the plate IQ optimal, oh, I can't play that. Like, who who says how many people are playing that? Who knows? You should know your contest that you're playing. So I'm showing you. This is to me. This is I'm showing you exactly. This is exactly. This is no. There's no like, like oh, I'm holding back. Oh my god, I got I got a supercomputer running this. I do everything and whatever, and this is just just BS. I'm literally showing you what I what this is. This is literally what I did. At like 6.45 last night for both sites. Okay, literal. And it's not literally because I have other projection sources also. So this build, I would have a couple of them for different different places that have projections. So run 10, run 10, run, and see where the, the overlaps are. And see if I get rid of the, the lineups that are overlapping with each other, the players, and what my projection. And that's where I, where I came up with this lineup. Right, that's how I, that's how I came up with the FanDuel lineup. Right? He's like, oh, you're so much different. Yeah, because I got rid of, of O'Neill Cruz and Buxton and and Buxton and and Kepler and no, Kepler was on FanDuel. But all those guys down, you know, Sawinski, 50% on. I got rid of all those guys. So that's the experiment that I'm doing. That's I'm calling an experiment. I'm not sure if this is profitable. I'm not sure. Intuitively, I think it should be. Remember, the key is that you need to be able to predict your opponent's lineups. You can't predict and that this process of going through it. Like if, if you're like, well, I don't know. And I'm just going to, I'll put together a lineup I think people are playing and then not play that lineup. Like that's not going to work out. Like if you can't predict the lineups that your opponents are going to play. I knew, I knew going in. I knew, I mean, I look at these lineups and I go, I know. I know what this lineup's going to look like. I know Contreras, Kirk or, or Perez are going to be in catcher. I know that you're gonna get O'Neill Cruz. I know Devers at third base. I know I know Trout, Buxton. I know what they and then you could just lock them in. I know it's gonna be some combination of Manaya, Manaya, Cortez, and Strider. Right? Most likely Manaya plus either Cortez or Strider. Then once you start eliminating all of that, then it's like you only got three spots left. 
It's like, okay, I could see a lot of different combinations of those three spots. But I pretty much could I pretty much could guess 75% of my, my opponent's lineups. And once you guess that 75%, there's only certain salary ranges and positions that are available. So it makes it easy. If, if you want to do it manually, me, I just go through the projection sources and just see what spits out because that's typically what you're going to see. Daniel Hutchings says it should be a slam dunk at lower limits. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm not playing lower limits. I'm actually, I'm limited on FanDuel now. I can't play the, the th- less than $3 on, on FanDuel now. So I'm, I'm doing this on FanDuel in the $5 contest and above. But still, I'm not, a, see, the thing about this is that if I'm doing this, I'm not necessarily scared of sharp plays. Like, like the guys that I showed. Because I could better predict their lineups. They're, they're always going to have good projected lineups, though. But I could, pre- I could predict them so much better. So I think I think over time, like this, this, this is what I'm going to do in baseball. It's so much easier to do this than try to try to win large field GPPs or something. And I'm judging my play by how how better I can predict the line, because really that's what it comes down to. But especially in baseball, where it's so high variance, that was my lineup different enough? Was my lineup higher projected enough? So going through, like like I did yesterday, like when I went through contests and I looked at my lineup compared to everyone else's lineups, I'm like, okay, I got really different. I, I, I didn't screw that part up, right? The day before I did. The day before I wasn't different enough. FanDuel, it seemed like I was much, much more, I, I, I had some players that were in a lot of line. I mean, like I was a little bit closer but I, I think on FanDuel, you can be because the, the salary cap is softer. It's hard not to have some 4K batter in your lineup if you're doing some of this stuff. So, yeah. And then, obviously, I'm not, I didn't drop Otani because the projection went down too much. So, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to be... I know a lot of people are going to have Otani, but they're not going to have Otani with, with five of the guys that I have in my lineup. So, I don't care. But I just don't want those popular combinations. And this is for three mans and five mans. I have to highlight this because I got a message yesterday. It's like, oh, I, I, I did. Ex- I'm trying to do exactly what you did, and I'm playing in all, in all my low stakes double ups. Like, don't do it in double ups. Do it in do it in contests where you're getting at least three x your money. At least three x your money. Three x, five x, ten x your money. Because you're playing a lower projected lineup, and you're gaining leverage. So it's just like the GPP concept. If you're gaining leverage, you should be gaining payout. You're gaining something. You shouldn't be playing lower projected lineups that still pay the same. Just play the highest projected lineup. That's fine. So a little lesson, a little experiment today, showing going through my experiments. This is what we this is what we do in the morning, right? They'll take care of you later today for the baseball slate, right? Five o'clock Eastern, Grinders Live, Dean and the guys. They'll be going over the nine-game. MLB slate, then we got crunch time right afterwards. I'm not sure if there's any weather issues. I think there's one possible weather issue. Washington at Baltimore, possibly. So they'll be there taking care of the weather, taking care of you leading up to lock, presented by FanDuel. That's free all year. Typically, that's a premium show. It's free all year just for you. And if you want if you want a tool like Lineup HQ, this is what I use. This is what I use. People ask me. So what do you really use? Like Lineup HQ. It's like, oh, you don't use insert some other tool or you don't have your own. No, 
I you I I I show you what I do. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to deceive anyone, right? Oh, the, the, it seems too simple. It is. It is simple. It is simple. It's not that complicated. Understand the concept. Once you understand the concepts out of play, these guys just these are all just numbers and names on a on a spreadsheet. Did you see me the entire show going over you know spin rates and strikeouts and if they're good against sliders? No. Everything's in the projections. What do I care? So they'll be taking care of you later today. So uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. You'll know exactly when they go live. You'll know when I go live. Right? Tomorrow, programming note, there'll be no pregame show, but there'll be Grinders live. So I'll be, I'll be on with Dean and Tim. I think tomorrow, tomorrow there's, there's, I don't even think there's a late slate. I think most of the games are in the afternoon or early. So So we'll be... We'll be on tomorrow. I, I think eleven. I think eleven. Do I have to get up even earlier tomorrow? I don't know. When's the games tomorrow? I hope I will be sometime in the morning. You'll see. You'll see the thumbnail, and you'll know. And they'll say a time, and then you show up, right? And we'll talk about the slate tomorrow, and then I'll be back. Uh, then then Friday, I'll be on that show anyway. So it's like it's Grinders Live. I'll be there with Dean and Tim, and then Friday, I'll be back, and then we'll be done doing the the, the free MMA. We'll do all the MMA stuff on Friday. So, uh, so say hello to, to Devin. Devin's typically not here early in the morning, taking care of the YouTube chat. Of course, Devin shows up on the day where we don't have porn spam bots in the chat, right? The past two days, it's like, it seemed like every 10 minutes I had to hide user from this channel and, uh, Devin's here and nothing happens. He, I he don't, don't, away. don't speak too early. You're giving them plenty of time. <laughs> They're scared. They're scared of him. Right, because he has to take care of all that stuff later in the day. So, uh, so show up for Grinders Live. Crunch time later today. I'll see you tomorrow on Grinders Live, and I'll be back on Friday for MMA and uh, answer your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. <laughs>